0: welcome to the that's deep podcast i'm naomi and i'm an international board certified life and success coach neurolinguistic linguistic programming practitioner or nlp as you've heard it an empath a mother an introvert and a podcast host it is my mission to empower humans from the inside out through inner and outer exploration thank you so much for being here If you love the show, please give it a follow and a five-star rating. I appreciate you so much. Now let's dive in. Hey, everyone. I have a quick and exciting announcement. I would love it if you all joined me on my YouTube channel, and you can find it at Naomi Courtney Co. Or Naomi Courtney Co. I'll also leave a link for you in the show notes. And I have everything from lifestyle content to personal development and spirituality. So please get to know the faces behind the podcast by joining my YouTube community and check it out for some really cool and detailed pick a card readings as well. Thank you so much, everyone. And let's get back to the show. Thank you so much for being here today, Kelly. Thank you for having me. Yes. Okay. So I want to dive in to just like a short round of like fun, personal questions so that our listeners can get to know you better. So you're a business owner. I know what you do, but our Mm -hmm. audience doesn't know. So can you share a little bit more about what you do for a living and why you started your business?
1: Sure. I actually have two businesses now. Um, My primary business is essentially a crystal shop. It's like a wellness shop, holistic, It's gone through a lot of transitions, though, from the last three years or so, Um, primarily because growing up in that melting pot had me thinking a certain way. And then um, I also was a foster kid. I was then adopted into a Portuguese family who were Russian Orthodox converts. So Mm. it was like a whole bunch of cultures growing up with me. And my shop is a product of a job I had. I worked at a crystal shop. And um, you, know, that job ended, and I really liked it. I learned a lot about Reiki and meditation, and these are all things I really loved. However, I never learned along the way until the last few years, about the cultural appropriation aspect of it. And being somebody who didn't really have a culture myself, my, my culture was everyone else's cultures, I never thought anything of it. And then as the last few years have progressed with the Black Lives Matter, Uh, movement and just like so many other things learning you know learning in the process um to carry white sage i don't carry white sage anymore um i used to carry like buddha statues i don't carry buddha statues anymore i used to carry mala i don't carry mala anymore and primarily i was a crystal shop and guess what (laughs) what most of the sourcing on crystals is not ethical as it turns Mm. out and um So I I figured that out a few years ago when I started shifting out of like um, China, out of Egypt, out of Madagascar, because those places are known for child labor, abuse, so many other unethical things. However, it only leaves you with the US, Canada, France, (laughs) Italy, not really known for our crystals other than like Sedona. And then of course, and I'm sure you're aware in Hawaii, There is just a whole nother travesty where it's just a whole nother thing of culture being taken that's not theirs, stones being taken that are not theirs. So I have even pulled back from crystals. So technically I am a shop owner, technically retail is my game. However, the last year I've shifted into business and teaching ethical business practices to other spiritual shops and teaching you how you can run a sustainable ethical business and still be a spiritual shop, most of these spiritual practices are not ours. So it's a really tricky, it is a tricky fine line. And so that's where my business has gone now. And again, I do think that was influenced heavily by where I grew up. So
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's so beautiful that you're taking into consideration the ethics behind all of this, because you know, I feel like it can be easy, like even mm. for me, like, we, you know, we, we all have to make sure that we make ends meet. We've got family kids to take care of. Um, but mm-hmm. when you really focus on making sure that you're coming from an ethical practice, I feel like that's, that's a game changer. I so mean, I love what you're doing. Make
1: the effort.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No. I love it.
1: Yeah. But it shifted business quite a bit. So when people ask me, what do you do for business? I'm like, I'm a business coach now but it's very mm-hmm. different from two months ago when I was saying I own a retail shop where I sell crystals and wellness yeah. stuff. I still have it. There's still tarot. There's still books. That's more of where I'm hearing like herbs and books and tarot. Um, but I'm staying more away from the rest of it. And honestly, I'm kind of stepping away from the spiritual aspects of it as well. I've learned along the way that I lean more toward the scientific side of meditation and um the psychological aspects of mental health and healing and that's why i'm so drawn to you because you're very much in that realm i think okay. you do a better job of mixing the two with the spiritual mm-hmm. and you know the holistic but for me the spiritual part of it when i was adopted into the russian orthodox church and my experience with it wasn't the healthiest and so leaving it was traumatic living it was traumatic and so anything that even remotely resembles a church or something spiritual. I I kind of like you know, I pull away from it. So, my shop has changed a lot and I would yeah. say I'm now a business coach. And that's weird to say out loud. It's the first time I've ever said that out loud, but that's what I would say I do.
0: Yay, I I love that so much. Pardon the interruption. Have you been seeing repeating numbers over and over again? Maybe you're seeing 1111 when you happen to glance at the clock. Or maybe you're seeing 222, 333, 444, or 555 all day, every day. Either way, I'm sure you're wondering what all of these repeating angel numbers mean and what you can do when you see them. I've got you. Check out the angel number cheat sheet. This is your personal guide to interpret those angel numbers that you've been seeing. No more guessing, you have the answers here. This is a 12-page PDF that covers the 12 commonly seen angel numbers, and this is the perfect resource for you to keep in your back pocket, aka your phone. I personally like to keep mine in my iBooks, Kindle, or Google Drive app on my phone for quick reference so that I can interpret the meaning of the angel number whenever I see it in real time. This guide is going to make it a whole lot easier for you to interpret the messages that you're receiving from the universe in the moment that you receive them. Download the angel number cheat sheet today and may all the manifesting miracles be in your favor. Click the link in the show notes to check it out.
1: Honestly, I am an introvert and I um, also think I'm very empathetic and I haven't learned so much the balance of not taking on other people's. Um heaviness. So I think one thing I wish people would automatically know about me that I wouldn't have to tell them is to not do that. <laughs> Please don't lay everything on me in the first five minutes of my day. Yeah, so, like I'm happy to help everybody, but it's a lot for me. It yeah. keeps me up at night sometimes, so I'm learning to set boundaries with it. Um, so that's <laughs> that's the one thing about me I would like everyone to know. I am an introvert despite how I seem on the internet.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm glad like that you are like an example of someone who, you know, can be very verbal and like, you know, you, you present as very, and, and I think this is where I want to like bust myths around being an introvert mm-hmm. too. But like the way you come off to me is very confident. Like you have an amazing presence on social media. You're very clear. You, you know, you have really valuable intelligent content out there and I'm not saying that like introverts can't do that or anything like that right. but I think in the past the myths were like introverts are too shy you would never think of like business owner and introvert as being terms that were synonymous so I think you're really paving the way for a lot of other introverts who want to you know create a business for themselves and pave their own path so I appreciate it. I will say
1: that I, I used to be a lot more shy And it took working in customer service to make me this way. In my first job, I cried all the time. I always Mm -hmm. felt like I was doing everything wrong. I felt like I was disappointing everyone all the time. And then my job after that, I felt a little bit better. And my job after that, I felt a little bit better. And now I feel like I'm very confident because it was like 10 to 15 years of working in customer Mm -hmm. service. And you do get a backbone from it. So,
0: um,
1: no, no it can be brutal out there. I had pretty good jobs. I worked in banking. I worked in pharmacy. So it was a little different, but, um, it was also, I took on a lot of jobs that were a lot of responsibilities when I was, my introverted aspects come from insecurities. I know that about me. It's not, that's not my natural personality type. I think that's more, uh, environmental and more childhood maybe, and just like negative, um, negative situations that made me think that I can't speak up or made me think that I am stupid or I don't know enough, I'm not qualified. And that's when that imposter syndrome type thing comes in. But I do think over the past 10 years, I've worked a lot through that by surrounding myself with the right people, by just kind of like shutting down those thoughts, journaling about it, meditating on it. And then it's just repeated positive environmental stimulus. The more things you try, the more positive experiences you're going to have as well. So, social anxiety for me, I think, is biological. And that hasn't been something I've been able to kind of cure with more social situations. It's made it somewhat worse. And even if I have positive ones, so I do think that might be something that is more of a biological response. But my introverted tendencies, I would say, are most likely environmental. Yeah, And I do think for most of us, it probably might be, I'm not sure, but I do think yeah. that we can always work with it and we can always find gifts that will, will suit that introvertedness. You can yeah. make money. You can be in business without having your face all over the internet. You absolutely can.
0: Yeah, There's absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So many pearls of wisdom. So many <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> love it. And I also love that you're a mother and I don't know how you feel about the term mompreneur or like mom boss, that kind of thing. But I'm so just like grateful to be in the presence of like another mother who is really out there doing her thing, raising babies and businesses at the same time, (laughs) it ain't easy. So I wanna know from you, what are like some of the most challenging things about, you know, balancing the two, parenthood and like running a business and what's the most rewarding?
1: So oh, I'll start with the rewarding because I always wanted to be a business owner, always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And the nine to five thing, just with my mental health, never really worked out. So I always felt like I had to find something else. But I also said that if I ever became a mother, if I ever wanted to do that, that I needed to have a job from home because I know me. I'm a codependent type of personality. I love snuggles and especially baby snuggles. I've nannied for many and um I was definitely always loved kids so those were two things that kind of went hand in hand for me. like I never saw me being a mom without being a boss and I never saw me being a mom and depending on my husband's income ever ever because that's a scary world for me to depend on somebody else financially so um I don't know I sort of never saw a different world but then I had a tricky pregnancy and the birth was tricky. And then my son has a genetic disorder. So it basically could mean nothing. It could mean nothing ever happens to him bad ever, but it could mean a bone marrow transplant a year in the hospital. And I thought to myself, like, if that ever happens, I want the freedom to be able to work from the hospital or have money coming in. So that's when the multiple streams of revenue and making passive income and just learning all those different ways that came in because of my son. So my struggles with it, of course, is mom guilt. It's the amount of time I have to spend locked in an office with the door shut working as we all struggle. But at the same time, I have the mom guilt for my baby. I have the reason I'm working is for him. I could spend less time with him by having a regular job outside the house. I could not have anything nice to Have for him and not a nice home and not, you know, the opportunity to be with him. He does need that medical care. And even without that medical care, he has a lot of appointments just to like make sure he never needs it. So I can't imagine the jobs I used to have asking for the time off. I can't imagine them being supportive. I would have had to file family medical leave acts. I would have to take those appointment days unpaid. These are not options for people who live essentially check to check. I mean, I'm not check to check, but I'm close enough to it where I have to worry about the days off, you know? Yep. Um, Yep. Especially at those jobs. I think like at tops 18 bucks an hour, it wasn't anything, you know, it wasn't anything substantial where your whole life should revolve around it. Yet your bosses always expect you to have your life revolve around it. And then to have mental health issues on top of it, Because I think I was always destined for this life and my kid just forced me into it. Like my kid is the reason why I finally took the lead, you know?
0: Yeah, yes.
1: Plus we needed all this time home, ended up with a C-section. Imagine a job with a C-section, the eight weeks off, you know, they'd already be like irritated. My husband's boss was calling us. I was in labor and my husband's work was calling us. And I, I labored for three days and they called for three days no way because I hadn't delivered so technically he wasn't allowed to be on paternity.
0: that's so yeah so
1: I just think everyone should quit their jobs yeah (laughs) and go sell seashells by the seashore because this just that's not cool that doesn't work for me yeah motherhood and businesshood is just the same neighborhood for me yep period
0: yep wow you have like a really beautiful story and I'm sure it's like I can't even imagine like how challenging and how tough it was. But he's like the best
1: kid. If they didn't tell me something was up, you wouldn't know. Like if I didn't have to go to these MRIs and stuff, you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. And you do see the other kids there that have very visible things. And it's such a perspective for you to be grateful for what you have. Like some of the parents I see at the hospital, they're so like drained, you know, burdened. And like, I look, I was so freaked out at first. You're a new mom. You're already freaked out. I have postpartum depression on top of regular depression, realistically. Yep. And then they say, your baby could have this thing and you could die by five. And you're, and you're in the thick of postpartum depression. You oh, don't even goodness. hear it. All you yeah. hear is don't connect with this baby. because That's all you right. hear. Yep. But then you go to the hospital and you see kids who are actually actively failing. And it's just like that reality, just like that. Yep. You have your baby. He's in your arms. Be grateful. Be here. Be present. And that's it. That's all that matters at the end of the day. So,
0: okay. Yeah. You therapy? got me crying over here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wait
1: a second. Is this therapy? Are you going to send me a bill later? <laughs> Whew, Whew. Read that one out for a second.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's though. so heavy and
1: on your on your podcast. I apologize.
0: <laughs> no, we get heavy. We get real deep. though. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate it. And I know that like your story and your vulnerability, it's going to touch so many people out there who can relate to. So. Fortunately,
1: it's not common. I mean, it is common. That's the worst part. Like yeah. you go to the hospital and there are hundreds of families there yeah. waiting right beside you, you know, and you're not alone. But at the same time, most of us don't talk about it. It's very scary to talk about. No one really wants to hear about like sick kids,
0: like realistically. Yeah. You can't
1: talk with your normal parent friends because they don't get it (laughs) and they don't want to hear it. They don't know what to say. You know, and empaths, we never want to make anyone uncomfortable. So
0: right. Yeah. And holding
1: it in obviously is not an answer because then you start crying on people's podcast episodes.
0: Or you just have a super rad sense of humor, right? The way that like life throws things at you, you just, you become really funny, you know?
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's your only option.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. Well, on a lighter note, you know, there's that (laughs) phrase out there that, you know, our kids are our greatest teachers. So what's an important lesson that you've learned from your son? He is just
1: always happy. Always happy. The simplest little thing makes him, you know, I took him to Target, which is, my favorite store, but don't tell the small (laughs) business. And, um, I, I told him you could have anything that store. I would literally not say no. Okay. He never asked for anything. So I took him to the toy section and I just, he just looked at the toys. He sort of interacted, but then he put them back nicely. He's a Virgo. Um, (laughs) and then he chose a dollar balloon, a dollar balloon. And you know, he played with that balloon and it got flat and he played with it more as it got flat and like It just was, it just brought him so much joy. He would wake up in the morning and he would say, balloon, like play with balloon. And he, you know, run downstairs to get his silly little balloon. And I think it was a Halloween balloon. I don't know. I think he he teaches me every day to like, slow down and just look around. because These were the days I was praying for for so long. I'm here. And sometimes I forget to like sit and just be in it, you know? Yeah. like a be in the moment like you have to with the toddler be in the moment you don't get it oh, yeah. you're a bossy little one but um even when you go for a walk with a toddler I'm sure you know they stop they smell everything they touch everything and us as adults we don't do that when we go for walks yeah. about the calories what a silly thing to worry about when you're out for a walk in fresh air free walking down the street so many people can't do that and yeah. kids will just stop and like touch every little pebble and, and every little blade of grass. And he, and he like stopped and admired the fire hydrant. Aww. And these are things that I never noticed on my street, you know? So I would say my kid teaches me to slow down.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's so, that's just like, uh, yes, mic drop. I'm speechless. I'm so.
1: <laughs> your kid must, you have two kids, right?
0: Yeah, I have two now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Same they thing must, now.
1: It was say. I feel like all toddlers sort of just, even we took him to the zoo, which we won't talk ethics on zoos, but we (laughs) took him to the zoo because I got a gift for zoo, so we went, and um, he actually didn't care at all about the animals, but Mm -hmm. he loved the water that the, that the otters were swimming in. He looked at the waterfall, he loved the waterfall, and they had like a little garden, and he was like, oh, red flowers, and he like ran to it and just smelt them, and There was an elephant right there and he didn't see the elephant, but he saw the little red flower. And to me, it was like such a big like moment. Look at what my kids see is like, look at the beauty everywhere. These silly little weeds that we just mow with our lawnmowers. and my kid collects them. And I just love that.
0: I love that too. Kids like such a a good reminder to just appreciate like the abundance of beauty. That's like already here in our present. Yeah. Mm Oh, I love that so much. Yes. Okay. Well, now we're going to take a little bit of a turn and talk about personality type. So I'm going to quickly riff here on some personality type info, and then I'm going to share with our listeners what your type is. And I'm going to rattle off some, like, I wouldn't call them fun facts because they're not facts to everybody. It's just things that, you know, people can relate to. So we'll see if you resonate with them, but.
1: Very excited.
0: Yay. Okay. So learning our personality type is a tool that we can use to understand how we learn information and how we make decisions. So AKA our brain's inner wiring. And by understanding that you can better understand your needs at a core level so that you can experience and feel more satisfaction in your sense of self, in your career, in your relationships, and even in parenting, if that applies to you. So Kelly is an INFJ in the Myers-Briggs personality type system. Um, So I have some information from the personality hacker book. So that four letter code broken down, the I N F J. So the I is for introverted. The N is for intuitive. F is for feeling. And then J is for judging. I'm going to go over that because everybody like assumes that it means something bad and it's not. (laughs) So actually let me talk about it right now. So uh, you could have a J or a P at the end of your four letter code and J's prefer to um, have their outer world organized so that their inner world feels calm and organized and at ease. Whereas perceivers or people with that P at the end, they, uh, they prefer to have their inner world organized so that they can experience more outer world freedom. So they're more of like fly off the cuff, you know, like uh, go with the flow versus like J's are like, we have a plan, very organized. We need to know what to expect. So. That's kind of the difference there. What do you yeah. think so far, Kelly? Totally
1: <laughs> resonates. <laughs> I wish I was like more orderly inside so I can handle the chaos of life. I am I not. It can chaos throws me.
0: Mm-mm.
1: I'm very scheduled, very routine, very disciplined. Things have a place.
0: Yep. Um probably yep.
1: to probably to uh a not good amount, but <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that the J. And you know, I know nothing about this stuff. Today was the first day I took this little quiz. The J totally fits. I found the quiz hard. I found it hard to like choose sometimes. Yeah. I I find it hard to choose. That must be one of those things. (laughs) It must
0: be one of the traits. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? I meant to ask you, yeah. What was your experience like with taking the test? I know you said it was like difficult and I'll leave it up to you to share a little bit more about it.
1: So, ironically, when I went to go work for CVS Pharmacy as a pharmacy technician, you have to take a personality test, and it's very similar, incredibly similar. Only that there are other questions that's like, if your family is starving, would you steal a loaf of bread? I'm an honest person. I will not let my son starve. I answered honestly and did not get the job originally. <laughs> so. Um, the pharmacist was, I wasn't friends with her, but she wanted me to have a job, but in order to get hired, I have to pass this test. And the way to pass it, one, of course, you can't be unethical, like stealing bread, even if your kid is hungry is unethical. I disagree, but that's fine. Um, like CVS really can't handle losing a loaf of bread so my kid can eat okay. Um, but two, it was that you really can't be in the middle on anything. They always look for extreme people um, and there's really not a wrong in most of the questions, as long as you're an extreme. I, however, am not. I was always in the middle and I kept failing because, you know, it's like, do you work well with others? Like, yeah, unless they're jerks, then I don't. And then so like, <laughs> or like, um, do you enjoy working alone? And I'm like, yes, unless I've worked alone for 12 days and then I want to be in the middle again. Or I don't know what I'm doing. I want to be in a group. So I found this test to be very similar to that, where it was like, um, you know, do you prefer to be organized inside or outside? And I'm like, both. I want to be organized both ways. Like, and so I tried to go with my first instinct because I figured that's what they would tell me to do. And this is what we came out with. But I don't know what the letters mean, really. So I'm just going to let you take it away and teach me.
0: All right. But the J
1: seems like it fits.
0: It does, okay. We'll see if the rest resonates. You tell me if it's like spot on or a hell no. So, (laughs) yes. Okay, so INFJs are one of the rarest Myers-Briggs personality types. There's more research that has been done now. So they're not the rarest type, whereas in the past they were historically known as one of the the rarest type, but about one to 3% of the general population. Of course, with that being said, many INFJs report feeling different than others for most of their life. Um, they also can, you know, consider themselves old souls. So, like, many report to feel like their, I don't know, like their age was older than what their chronological age really was. Um, they have a deep concern for quality, um, highly insightful and intuitive, um, may find themselves counseling and advising their friends, siblings, and even adult family members. Um, they tend to feel most happy and fulfilled when helping and enlightening others through their insights. And I'm going to pause right here. And, and I'm going to ask you, how does it all resonate so far?
1: I think it pretty much fits. I never felt like I was older than anyone else, but yeah, mm-hmm. the rest of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's see some other little um, tidbits on the INFJ. Is that Um, INFJs are far less serious on the inside as they typically appear on the outside. So the inner world is really playful and imaginative, um, colorful, mischievous, daring, um, and they love playing with ideas and perspectives and theories, you know, images, symbols, and metaphors. um, And they really do love being engaged in like really deep, meaningful conversations. So I'll pause again. What do you think now, Kelly? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then this is a funny one it's almost like the infj paradox so infjs <laughs> love talking um, especially when they're comfortable with you and so a lot of people are thrown off because they're like wait i thought you were an introvert you know we're still caught up in all the old myths that introverts don't talk but we do so uh-huh. you know infjs can often be mistaken for extroverts due to their loquaciousness at times uh-huh. what do you think
1: i feel like i will get very deep very fast with the right people but I can know you for 12 years and never tell you anything if I don't feel that way about you.
0: Yeah. Like I'll, I
1: can choose if I like something. Like I feel like we've only had a few interactions, but I feel safe with you immediately. But then there, I have people in my life that know nothing about me. They don't even know what I do for business. I, I hide my Instagram stories from them.
0: Yeah. You know, (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. But
1: as you can see on the internet, I overshare quite often, but I also block people constantly. And I'm very selective about who gets to follow so, I've been on the internet for however many years, and I have like only a thousand people that I get to interact with because that's a lot. Just that is a lot, right? Yeah,
0: that is a lot. Yeah, it's enough. Yeah, it's enough. So, <laughs> I
1: was even saying I wanted to make my business page private the other day, and I took mm-hmm. a poll on in my Instagram because I don't really need to meet anyone else new. And if I do, it can be a friend of a friend at this point. <laughs> like,
0: yeah, yep. Bad
1: for a business, good for me don't
0: care it's tough. yeah, yeah. How, how do you like manage or balance that because I like have gone private on my profile a couple of times I'm like this is probably horrible for business but I needed that time to feel it like is safe it bad and protected. for business
1: or is it doesn't it make it more exclusive
0: because
1: mm. for me if you have especially in your community where you're encouraging people to share and connect it has to be intimate it can't be surface level you can't be wanting to go viral with that kind. If you are, you're not in the right, you're not in the right field. And I have a hard time with um, like the the spiritual mentoring accounts that want to be viral and do the viral things. Yep. Uh, of course, we all want our businesses to grow, but I feel like it should be organic outreach. It should be like, you know, my friend had a coaching and she really liked it. So she told her friend and that's how I get my people. And so I would say most business coaches would say, don't go private, but I'm not most business coaches. And I think if you feel more comfortable expressing your business and sharing with your community that way, then do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I
1: will overshare like crazy and never shut up to people I feel
0: comfortable (laughs) with. (laughs) Well, thank you. I feel really comfortable with you too. So I
1: feel like we've known each other, like, you know, I'm going to have to come visit and never leave.
0: Yes. Come stay, please. I am too yeah. yeah yeah yes I'm like very random I just do a bunch of random things <laughs> yeah. You. yeah 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 re-
1: there's a word for that but I forgot it but there's a word for that where you um like are a multipreneur.
0: but it's yes. not that word but it just oh. means
1: that you're like incapable of sticking to like one thing forever I could never I could never do one thing forever
0: me either yeah and it's crazy because people are like why can't you just settle down like what happened to like all that like schooling you went to and I was like no, <laughs> no, yeah, <laughs> whatever. I was there for the parties. I'm just kidding, <laughs> half kidding, <laughs> no. but yes. Okay, I've got two more points on the INFJ and then I wanna talk to you about um, you know, your business and manifestation, coaching. I know you said you're, um, I don't know if you said you're like moving away from spirituality, but I totally get what you're, yeah, I'm gonna ask you more about that in a second. So two more things on the INFJ. Um, They often feel like they can understand others better than they can understand themselves in terms of like, you know, sometimes with emotional turmoil that comes up, you're like, I don't really actually know how I'm feeling. It's a mix of things, but I know how he's feeling or she's feeling that. Uh (laughs) yes. And then um, INFJs often report like this feeling of constant like deja vu, like some Uh people report like disembodiment or like experience, experiencing the world and their bodies quite differently than other people do so uh it's not uncommon for like INFJs to question their sanity sometimes um I I'm an INFJ too and so I'm always like am I crazy or is that (laughs) an intuitive insight (laughs) or like Uh maybe both I don't know yeah (laughs)
1: yeah Yeah, sometimes I'm like is it anxiety or is it intuition like
0: yeah is is my
1: body telling me this isn't good for me or am I just a nervous Nelly?
0: Yeah. It's so hard to tell what the heck. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I, I would say, uh, those are definitely on point, um, at least to an extent for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. So now I have questions for like your business coaching and mindset and, you know, manifestation, all that fun stuff. So (laughs) you're a business coach. What does that look like for you and your clients? What transformations Mm -hmm. do you bring them through?
1: So I focus a lot on, one, intuitive business practices. So we don't learn social media algorithms. We don't learn marketing gimmicks, although we will go over, like, sales is part of it, whether or not you're intuitive. It is. However, to be good at sales, you have to be intuitive. You have to know what your clients want and what they need. So I thought when I got into business coaching, it would be... I can't get any sales, help me get sales. I'm really good at sales coaching. I'm actually incredibly good at sales. And it's weird because that introverts generally are not. And I wasn't for a long time. Um, and I learned to be good at it with Xanax, which I know sounds horrible. But with Xanax, I, when people said no to me, I didn't feel it. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel it. It wasn't personal. I'm not on medication anymore, but I hung on to that feeling that, you know, especially selling for a bank wasn't me. They weren't saying no to me. Now, in your own business it is personal but my clients don't come to me with the yeah they want to make more money that's not what they ask about usually they ask like what idea like i have an idea how do i execute it it's almost like the idea is so big and they have a hard time capturing how to make it a little bit more small and approachable even and then the other thing is in retail we as small business owners especially in your first second third years you can't expect to pay all your bills on, you know, say clay earrings because one, you're new, you can't price high yet right off the bat. People don't know you yet. You haven't built that authority. So how are you going to pay your bills in those times? Right? Right. You can get a full-time job, but then your business grows even slower. So I focus a lot on passive income and making lots of income off your already gifts. You're someone who's probably very good at that already because you and I are the type of people who like to do lots of different things. That's a very scary concept for people who struggle to do the one thing. So what I do is just work with them to find what gift do they already have that they can already make money with. So a lot of times it's as simple as they've been filming themselves making their earrings all along to make reels, but they don't think to make a YouTube video with that. They don't think to make a passive course with it. You've already recorded it. You've already done the work drop a passive course, let people download it, and learn your skills. And I think a lot of the other problem is fear. They get wound up in comparing to the other businesses that have been around. They get up in comparing their techniques. You know, there's, for instance, with the clay earrings, there are many clay earring businesses. You get kind of trapped under that feeling of so much competition, and then you lose, why am I unique? What skills do I have to offer that that person doesn't offer? And you know, with the internet, everyone is borrowing each other's ideas. And a lot of times your competition will take your idea and run with it and they might do better with it. The thing of the matter is that's not illegal. And my clients will lose faith in themselves sometimes because say a competitor did that, ripped off one of their designs and made more money with it. And I just kind of bring them back down to say, one, you have a billion more ideas. Two, they are not you if they had to rip off your idea, they lack original idea, not you. So why are you doubting yourself? And most of the time, I think my business coaching comes back to mindset. It's perspective. It's believing in yourself. It's letting go of imposter syndrome because you are the first person in your family who isn't working a nine to five because you are the first person in your family who's homeschooling. And they think that, you know, you're not traditional. You're not doing it right. You're the first person in your family to do Reiki instead of going to the hospital for you know a little ache and a pain you're the first person to rely on reflexology and a vegan diet instead of worrying about your cholesterol medicine whatever the case might be these things can cause imposter syndrome and when we get that little inkling of imposter syndrome we give up our our goals our plans our dreams like almost super easily so when i thought i would be telling them this is how you get a tax id <laughs> this is how you establish your business i do do that but most of the time, it's spent bringing them back down to earth to let them know they can do this. They are worthy of success. Money is theirs for the taking. Success is theirs for the taking. They have to show up and stop comparing, which is so hard on social media. But the first thing I say is you have to be on social media probably to grow your account. We don't love it. But you want to grow your business, you kind of have to, you have to play the game to win. But two, you're only there for business now. We don't We're not here to play anymore. We're not here to look at classmates. We're not here to look at anybody. Establish a new account, delete your old identity. That's not you anymore. Because if anyone in high school, I think there's like two people from high school that follow me, nobody else, they'd be shocked. I didn't talk in high school. I never talked in high school, and I went to a Catholic high school. And here I am selling crystals and coaching other people about how to open their Reiki business, <laughs> yeah. you know? You have to yep. let go of your past if you want to have a future, you have to let it go, especially if you cannot be yourself around those people in your old life. So if you're on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or any of those, you are there for business. You don't yep. go there to compare. We don't go there to look at our, you know, enemies from the second grade. You don't go there yep. to look at ex-boyfriends anymore. We're not even there for our friends at this point. You are there to work. You post your content, you get your message out, you connect with your community and you get the heck out of there.
0: Yep. Yep. Because you're going to
1: get swallowed. I'm on Instagram all day long. I love it there. I love it there because I have nobody on there that I don't like. Yep. I love it there because all my friends are there. My favorite clients are there. My favorite community is there. I meet awesome people like you there because I only have good people in that circle. I will, I used to hate it. I just got on Facebook for the first time yesterday after like months off because I have a new client that I'm doing their social media for them. And within like 30 seconds I was triggered and I, <laughs> and I hated it. Yeah. So basically as a business coach, I tell you, stop using social media for fun. Use it for business because it's a free resource and know your worth. About getting in touch with that worth that we question sometimes, and I don't know why we're so easy to give it away, but we are sometimes. So, yeah. what I thought I'd be doing, like tax advice, I'm doing. <laughs> You're worthy. I'm like cheerleading. I think I'm a cheerleader. I'm a I business cheerleader.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I really appreciate that you do bring, like, say the the business strategy side, the very logical side to it, but then you do bring the mindset piece too. And there is logic in that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the mindset piece is huge and I can totally relate to what you're saying. Where it's like, yeah, I would spend time on social media, like having fun, but it wasn't so fun because I was ah, worried about, yeah, people judging me or like old classmates, like seeing what I was up to. And I was the same way I was silent in school. Like I, I know, like a lot of my classmates don't even know that I went to school with them. Don't know who I am. Don't know my name because I was always just like trying to just like, fly under the radar, <laughs> just kind of like blend in somewhere. Mm-hmm. I have some friends, but it was like, uh, I, it took me a while to like make them. And mm-hmm. I think it probably took until my adulthood to actually open up and be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. And they're like, oh, like, where's this person been? So yeah. Yeah. I like that you have strong boundaries when it comes to like your business and social media use. Yeah. I but
1: mean, I don't, I tell my clients too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to have those boundaries because I don't have anyone on my page anymore that triggers me and I just I don't use Facebook at all the algorithm they purposely trigger you They want to make money off your triggers for me like um, I had joined groups for my son's disability situation that was the worst thing I could have done because then Facebook started showing me more and more and more like um I think I guess I thought I was interested in that Um, and so the same thing happened the other day. I was talking about conceiving a second child. And if anyone on Instagram knows somebody who works with birth trauma specifically, or like sacral chakra healing or whatever the case might be, and Instagram started showing me like sick babies and um like traumatic births right in my feed. And so I had to just I like deleted the post, I deleted everything, and then I like got off uh, Instagram for a day. Um, and then they stopped. <laughs> so I guess the algorithm catches on fast if you hate what they show you. Okay. Um, but it's really important that you create a bubble around yourself, especially on social media, the same way you would in life. Yeah. If, if, you know, child abuse triggers you, you're not going to put yourself in situations where you have to look at that, you know. Yeah. And unfortunately, the social media algorithm, because these big companies make money on our triggers, they want to know your triggers. You know, if yeah. you, if you type weight loss, they're going to be right on you, yeah. making you feel worse about yourself to you buy something about weight loss. That's just how it works. It's a business, it's a corrupt, unethical business, but it is a free resource for your business. So you yes. can take this awful corrupt business and make it good. You can do good with it. Yes. Heal people with it, you know, reach people with it. And that's yeah. the only thing we can do because it's not going away.
0: True. Very you know? true yeah yes absolutely and you know i want to circle back you mentioned imposter syndrome and you have an imposter syndrome is it a workshop or a course or i want to say it right it's like a two-hour
1: virtual workshop we're just going to do it through zoom but we're just gonna and the only reason i'm doing it i never planned to do an imposter syndrome workshop it has been a running theme with almost every single one of my clients on top of some of my friends and imposter syndrome is not something that i struggle with and it Weirdly, never has been, even as an introvert, uh, because I guess I never tried to do anything I already didn't feel like I was qualified for. Like, I was naturally artistic, so that's where I started. I was naturally good with kids, so I went there. I was good with animals, so I walked dogs, and then like I grew from there. Um, I've never felt like an imposter, but my friends have, my clients have, and so I started learning about it. Um, but It can happen to anyone at Kevin in business felt like I've never done accounting before. How am I ever going to do my own bookkeeping? I'm an imposter. I I can't do this. I'm not worthy. Like I I don't have these skills and immediately you start doubting yourself about things. Nobody knew when they started. Right. We have YouTube university. It's free. We can learn anything. We can learn anything. We have so much more than our parents ever had. We have libraries. What good is that crap? We have (laughs) at our fingertips. You can literally learn how to do the bookkeeping for your business. At our fingertips, you can hire a virtual assistant for $15 an hour to do it for you. At your fingertips. Yeah. Literally, every single person on this planet could be a business owner, and you don't even need money to start. There are businesses you could do that literally cost nothing to start. Nothing. Oh, wow. Yes. But this imposter so- syndrome gets in the way, and you don't even hear that. You right? know, you're just like, I could never own a business. That's scary. I, could, I wouldn't make my bills next month. I have to depend on my nine to five because your boss is so dedicated to you
0: mm-hmm. that he'd
1: never let you off, that he gives yeah. a crap about your bills next month. Absolutely yep. not.
0: Think so again, right? I started,
1: I offered the workshop just as a poll and it got, I think I had like 46 people that said that they want it. So I'm limiting it to 10 because it, it, you have to like talk about what makes you question this. In order to heal it, you have to know what makes you question it. Yes. You have to look it in the face. It's a little bit of shadow work. So I wanted to keep it really intimate. Um, and I think I'll probably do one a month, maybe if, if it's popular enough. Um, maybe people will need a refresher too. I don't know, but um, yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that was why people struggle to do their businesses until I started coaching. And then it was like, they have all these gifts. Some, most of them have the financial backing even because they're still working full-time jobs. They have a the talent. They have the community. Of, so why isn't it working? Right. And come to find out, it's because somewhere along the line, their dad told them they were stupid for making a beaded bracelet. It's so simple. Like it can be the simplest little thing, and it sticks with you. A math teacher who tells you you're bad at math. That's it. That's all it takes. Suddenly, yep. you can't do your bookkeeping. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we don't realize how much we let other people's energy affect everything that we
0: do. Down that's to true. imposter syndrome. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love everything that you're sharing. And for our community that wants to get their hands, you know, on the workshop and want to work with you, where can they find more information about that?
1: Foxandluna.com, or of course on Instagram, where I always am, which is Sugar Witch Official. It's
0: on Foxandluna. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll share the links in, in the show notes too. But I just wanted to make sure we shouted that out. Thanks. So. You're the best. Yay. <laughs> okay, so. We talked about mindset, we talked about business, imposter syndrome, and I have just a couple questions for you um, as far as like tips go for business owners and maybe aspiring ones. So mm-hmm. here's a question from one of our um community members. So any current tips like for building certainty when you're first starting your business? Um just like, yeah, where where do you start? What do you do? Like what What's your certainty tips?
1: in yourself or certainty an audience will have with you?
0: Ooh, that's a good, you know what? Maybe I'll have you start with a certainty with yourself first.
1: Okay. Well, if you're already thinking about starting a business, if you're already asking that question, then you already have an entrepreneurial spirit, which means you should do it. If you have an idea, a skill, a craft, the drive, and none of the other things, you should start a business. You can start with a printful account which is where like you make a little design and you can put it on shirts and mugs and mouse pads and whatever. You can literally make that for nothing. You can put that on designs for nothing. You can list it on your Etsy for 20 cents per listing for 4 months. Most of us have 20 cents. If you need 20 cents, I got you. And you can literally start your business that way. You can Build a community on Instagram for free, just talking about whatever it is. Pick what, what the one thing that's so important for you. It's like your empath deep podcast, like all this empathetic work and everything. For me, I have lots of things, and that's why I'm always changing. Started with crystals, and we're back circling around to mental health because now I'm ready to talk about it. You don't have to have your forever idea today. You just have to have the drive, the wanting to show up. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That's all you need. And to and to build that with your community, guess what? It's the same thing. You have to show up. You have to consistently show up for them, show up for you, show up for them. And just talk eventually. Like the right thing will fall into place for you. I yeah. I started with like house cleaning, dog walking, nannying. I used to take care of elderly people as a, a personal assistant, a personal care assistant. One lady that I took care of for six years, her daughter is the one that owns the crystal shop or her granddaughter owned the crystal shop that I ended up managing. I didn't know about crystals. I didn't know about Reiki. I didn't know about meditation. I was a Russian Orthodox Christian. And then I got this job at a crystal shop and like little by little, it changed my life. And then when that job ended, I was like, here we go. That's it. And I nannied while I launched my business. And it was like earrings, crystal earrings at first and like little it was bad like the packaging was bad the products probably were crappy quality but I was building the community that wanted to see me succeed. They didn't care about what I was selling they just wanted to be there for the ride and that's yeah. and it's the same people I have today I have the same people it's grown but those core people are still there there's this one woman Melinda she's been with me since forever this lady Katie this lady G supported every single project I've ever done even the failed ones and they they've been there to like Hey, that one wasn't the one. Oh, so those are the people you need. So when you're showing up for yourself every day, even if you don't know your business idea, you don't have to have a business idea right away. If you want to be a business owner, make a new Instagram or wherever you feel comfortable, trust whatever, and start sharing the things you like. The people yeah. that like the things you like will gravitate towards you and you'll just develop with it. You'll just transform with it. And if you already have an idea, you're like 10 steps ahead. Yeah. So there's no reason why you shouldn't start today. There's free ways it. to do it. And I can tell you all of them for free on my Instagram. I'm just going to tell you all of them because I think everyone should quit their jobs unless they're a doctor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right. We need that. <laughs> we
1: need doctors and like mechanics so everyone yes. else can quit. <laughs> yeah. And nurses. Uh, we like the nurses. Please. Nurses, yes. don't quit.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Cool. And so I love that you're also a mental health advocate, and I love how open you've been about, you know, just managing depression as a business owner, talking about anxiety, um, and just, I'm wondering, like, if you have any other tips for other business owners or aspiring business owners who are trying to manage their mental health while also running a business. I know you mentioned passive income, but anything else to add on that?
1: Passive income is a great concept, but when you struggle with mental illness, it's going to take us twice as long to set it up. Passive income isn't, it's passive eventually, but in the beginning, it's a whole lot of work. And they leave that out a lot of times in these TikTok videos. But my advice would be, and this is what I do, on the good days, on the good moments. Some of us are like good for a few hours and then crappy the rest of the day. And some of us are good some days and crappy the whole day, another day. Whatever works for you. In those good moments, take advantage, work extra hard, do as much as you can in the good moments. But when you don't have a good moment, don't force it. Don't show up. Go rest. Because one, it's going to take you twice as long to do anything if you're not feeling great. Two, you're never going to get better. You're only going to get worse. Three, that it's just, it's just not a, a sustainable business move because you can't do that for 20 years. You'll, you'll have a heart attack. Like you'll want to run away. You'll want to quit. You can't even do it for like a year. So it's something I didn't learn in the beginning. I spent the first three years not taking like a single day off, including the birth of my kid. Like I still was updating Instagram the day he was born. That's unhealthy. Don't do that. (laughs) But now this year, I'm probably breaking more than I'm working technically, but I'm working harder when I do work. And you know what? I'm making twice as much. Wouldn't you know?
0: Yeah. So
1: work smarter, not harder. But when you're not feeling well, it's okay to break. And the other thing is, as you um, start learning more about entrepreneur life, it's very, in right now and they're going to say get out of bed early get up with the sun get a workout in drink your smoothie get to work that's a load of bullshit can I swear on your (laughs) podcast I'm so sorry
0: you can swear Um, on my podcast yep
1: oh good um it's bullshit because we all have different circadian rhythms and you have to honor that you have to honor that if you are not a morning person what quality work do you think you're going to give by working in the morning I suck at night. I get up at 4 a.m. every day. I just naturally get up at 4 a.m. every day. I don't want to be awake at that time. But it's peaceful. Everyone's sleeping. I like it. I like before the sun comes up and watching it come up. I get a lot of work done at 4 in the morning. So I have all these weird like new Zealand followers now that I guess the time works. I don't know. If I had to work at night after being up at 4 in the morning, if I had to work at 8 o'clock at night, do you know what will happen? I can tell you because I tried to do it. I tried to have my business podcast at 6 p.m. on Wednesdays. And by 6 p.m. on Wednesdays, I'm half dead. And I guess what? Had to end it, had to put it on pause. We have to revisit when we're going to do it because nighttime doesn't work for me. But guess what? Morning doesn't work for Sophie. So it's just one of those things that in business, I think you just have to honor your body, honor your cycles. If you get your period and you don't feel good, don't work.
0: Yep. You can't
1: do that at a nine to five, but you can do that when you work for yourself. Yes. We also happen to know usually about when they're gonna happen. You can work the few days before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that way you can take two days off every month or three days or four days. Yeah. I recommend that. I did that this month, Cherry on top of the Sunday. It was delightful because I was not in a good mood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes oh i yes. love all of your pointers i feel like i want to go ahead and implement some of these pointers yes. too in my life i want to honor my circadian rhythm and my own I nervous guess. system yeah by so. the way
1: as a mother they always tell us like oh baby's get up so early got to get up early bullshit because if your circadian rhythm is that you sleep till 10 o'clock your kid's going to be sleeping till 10 too if you honor that every day your yes. kid just takes whatever routine you give them yeah period Their circadian rhythm doesn't exist yet. Their circadian rhythm, at least for the first six months of their life, is your circadian rhythm. And Actually, I think it's the first year and a half of their life. Until they can look in a mirror and decide that they are separate from you, I'm Mm -hmm. Atlas, I'm not baby anymore. Their rhythm's your rhythm. And then they start getting their own after that. But for the first year and a half, if you're, and I know this because a friend of mine is not a morning person. She sleeps till 10 and so does her kid every single day.
0: I could get up at four. so <laughs> yeah hey everybody you know it's different well, six and, if yeah. I'm
1: like really stealth you know
0: but, <laughs> yeah. Um. yeah oh man mm-hmm. yep I feel that I feel like my like my daughter would like wake up like super late because we would get up well I, w- I want to say super late because what's late to one person isn't late to another person it's whatever mm-hmm. works but yeah but my son gets up at the butt crack of dawn I'm just like uh <laughs> so, yeah everyone's yeah difference (laughs) yes uh yes okay well I just want to stay on track and wrap up here because I just want to honor your time you've like dropped so many pearls of wisdom so thank you so much for just answering all of the interview questions thank you for being so open and raw and honest and for you know shooting us a bunch of tips um, I just want to shout out one more time where our audience can find you online. So if you can just tell everybody sure. one more time.
1: So on Instagram, you can find me at Fox and Luna, that's with two X's in Fox, and Sugar Witch Official, which is my business coaching page. And online, you can find me at foxandluna.com with two X's. Yeah. Fun fact, we chose Fox because reposa means Fox in Portugal.
0: Cool. Fun fact
1: for you. Now you won't
0: forget. <laughs> I love it. I was going to ask you, what's like the meaning behind Fox and Luna? Very cool, very yeah. unique. I love My
1: husband it. is the fox and I'm the moon because so I don't mm-hmm. know why I just like moons.
0: <laughs> love it. Love yeah. it so much. Oh, well, thank you so much, Kelly. I appreciate it. Yes. And I know that the community will just absolutely eat this up and love it. So thank you. Thank you. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to invite you to connect with me on Instagram at NaomiCourtney.co. Again, that's at NaomiCourtney.co on Instagram. Thank you.